welcome back and we're waiting to trouble <laughs> yeah what's going on everybody uh happy days happy days as a united fan you know from from the uh from the lowest of lows to the highest of highs uh it's good to be a united fan right now how's it going chris i'm great max how are you good man good um yeah man so uh slightly i guess a reactionary podcast uh, a day later after uh, Manchester United defeat Paris Saint-Germain 2-1, um, you know, Champions League match match week one. Um, happy days, man. Happy days. Honestly, it's a good thing that we took the day off yesterday because <laughs> it would have been way more reactionary. Yeah. And, honest. and that's what I think too much, you know, in terms of social media. And I mean, you know my feelings about, about uh, Twitter mentions uh, it's just, you know, reactionary in nature. Um, I think it's a benefit to ourselves, you know, if we get smoked or if we get a good result to give ourselves a day maybe to 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 dissect the game a little more. <laughs> yeah, it's always, it's either always a PE teacher or he's just the second coming of Alex Ferguson. So it, we've, everyone needs to take a break from these hot takes. Yeah. After each match. If we've learned anything the last two weeks, four weeks even, it's just there's nothing to judge after each game, I guess. There's more. We've got to look at this um, like at halfway through the season and maybe at the end of the season, obviously. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Um, it's, it's, you know, and again, it's it's difficult because, you know, at the end of a Tottenham game, you're thinking, you're questioning – you know, all these tactics and whether the team's behind him, whether he has, you know, the players in the right positions and, and all that. And then, and then after a game like this, like you said, you know, he's like the second coming of Alex Ferguson, everything's okay. Um, things are looking on the up. So uh, yeah, I guess we have to take everything with, uh, with a grain of salt maybe, <laughs> but uh, yeah. So should we, uh, should we get into the game? Um, yeah. Let's, let's first, let's talk about the starting 11, right? Yeah. Um, so I was pretty close. Well, I was right on with the formation, but different personnel, obviously. Um, I think we both thought Pogba and or Van de Beek would get the start. But credit to Ole, he stuck to his guns. He started McTominay and Fred mm-hmm. and started Teus as a left wing back, and it paid off immensely. Yeah, so I think that the clear game plan here, um, I think, was to especially with the formation with five at the back. And, you know, you mentioned Fred and McTominay in starting in the midfield ahead of um, Van de Beek and Pogba. I think the intention was to sit back as much as we can and sort of absorb the pressure, sort of submit a little bit to um, Mbappe, Neymar, Di Maria, you know, give them the midfield at the beginning of the game, soak it all in and hope to God that somewhere in the second half, midway through the second half, where we're still in the game, and then make that substitution to sort of take the midfield back. Because honestly, um, you know, PSG, a lot of players injured. So uh, I don't think that their midfield was, you know, that great, honestly. And it showed when we brought on Pogba. Yeah. PSG, they were missing Baratti, I believe. Yeah. And, you know, I think before the match, a lot of people were saying uh, United's lack of depth at you know on the back line it would you know Neymar and Mbappe D 
Di Maria, they would absolutely burn United. That was my literal first reaction. I sent I sent you that message looking at the starting eleven, and I'm like, wow, yeah. we're in trouble. I mean, yeah, I mean, with Twin Zabi not playing for almost a year, right? Yeah, since how, December how 2019. December 2019 I, against Colchester. I think that's just insane. If you like, if you're out that long and you're up against Neymar and Mbappe, I you know that's that's immense. That's so commendable. Um, it's hard to play that down because everything, everything can think of was stacked against him. But he, he had, of key moments, right? That shoulder to shoulder challenge against Mbappe, right? He looked like the center back we've been looking for, like the like a new signing, you know. Yeah, I half joke about this, but he is like a new signing. We just we need to wrap him in bubble wrap at this point. <laughs> Again, we need we we need to kind of take a step back and look at this as just a one game thing because you know again it's easy to to say like oh Axel Tenzebi is is you know the Messiah the center back the next Virgil Van Dyke or whatever you want to say right. But, you know, we just got to take a step back, calm down. And, you know, that's one game, one game. And, yes, he did a really commendable job. Um, but also, you know, and I'm playing devil's advocate here a little bit, but going back to the challenge on Mbappe, um, that could have easily been called a foul. Uh, I think that if the ref, you know, called that, called that a penalty, like, you know, on the play live, I think that it wouldn't have been overturned. I think it would have stood. And then we would have been saying, oh, Axel wasn't ready and it could have it could have gone down from there. So interesting how one little action can kind of, you know, change the direction of of the game. You know, if we're talking about that same challenge, to be fair, Mbappe was pulling out a shirt quite a bit. So sure. I, I don't know if that would have been I'm, I'm obviously I'm glad it wasn't called a penalty. But if it went to VAR, I don't think that would have been a penalty. Because I think just as much you could have called the foul on Mbappe or um, because he was pulling on his shirt, right? Again, I, mean, I think I think that I'll, I'll go back to my point that I think that if the ref had actually called it himself a penalty, I think it would have stood. Because I think like what we saw was um, sort of like a, it, it did look like a push off with two hands and he kind of put his body into it, you know, with a lot of momentum. So it seemed like it was a push off. So I think if it would have been reviewed in slow motion, I think, I think it would have stood uh, as a penalty, but regardless um, the ref didn't call it. And, you know, he had every right not to call it. Um, Cause again, you know, in my opinion, that's shoulder to shoulder, whatever, like in the Premier league, that doesn't really get called often. Um, but in Europe it does. So I wouldn't have been surprised if it did get called. And I'll also reference um, there was a chance late in the game with Rashford where he was kind of through on goal and he had a chance to kind of volley the ball, I think, in, in the box. And Kimpembe was on him and um, Kimpembe kind of pushed him, kind of pushed him off. And that didn't get called either. So, you know, at least the ref was consistent in that sense. Yeah. I mean, speaking of penalties... Right, the one we saw that was called, um, the one that Martial drew. You think that was a penalty? Absolutely. Yeah, I, that, that's I don't. Yeah, I don't think there's a question about that one. Yeah, and I think he, the ref, was on point when he called for the reshoot, the reshoot <laughs> yeah. for the penalty. I mean, it, it, rules are rules, right? No, and I Navas, agree. Navas was off his line, both feet. 
clear the yeah. office line. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I don't think there's any debating that. You know, you know, like the PSG players can whine and complain all they want on the pitch. I think any any team would, but you know, those are the rules at the end of the day. And yeah, that that had every right to be retaken. Um, glad that that was the case because Bruno missing two penalties in a row um, would hurt his confidence a little bit. I think. Uh, so you know, I'm glad that 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 memory is going to kind of be erased, like it never happened. And, you know, now he's back to scoring ways on, on his penalties. Bruno was on an absolute matting for going, for taking the hop again, same spot, bottom right corner. That is it, cojones, man. Cojones, cojones, yeah, cojones for sure. Um, and, like, just overall, just a great, um, great performance from Bruno again. I think, you know, he was really inspired. You know, shout out to him for, you know, captaining the team. Um, I think it's well-deserved. Uh, the mentality is there. The leadership is there. And, you know, just the, the, the quality, the talent is there as well. So really happy to see him captain the club and put in such a great shift as well. Do you think Bruno should be taking penalties still? Yeah, for sure. For sure. Yeah. I, I generally like the idea of having one designated guy and, you know, we just stick with that guy. I don't like switching penalty takers. I think next up for penalties is 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 Rashford, um, and you know he's he's fine. You know he's he stepped up before uh, in big moments and slotted away. You know some penalties, but I like having one person taking those penalties day in day out. And the fact that it's Bruno helps him pad the stats, give him confidence. You know, so like yeah, that. I had Bruno miss twice. There's no way he'd be taking them. I, I feel. I, I think it, it would have been deferred to Martial or Rashford. Mm, I, I want to see Pogba take penalties. It's just not good for my health. Well, he's he's not even on the pitch for the first sixty minutes. Well, yeah, so don't worry about general, that. <laughs> if, if, we're, if, we're, if we're talking about potential penalty takers, right? Yeah, I think it would have, I think it would have been Rashford for sure. Yeah, um, had he missed, but uh, it would have been a difficult decision, honestly, because you know. Uh, I don't know. Bruno was kind of has kind of been our guy, and he's been really consistent with penalties over his career. Uh, so you you can kind of see it as an abnormality that he misses two in a row, and that that won't happen again. But yeah, anyways, yeah. I'm glad I'm glad he scored, and we can forget that he missed. That never happened in my yeah, eyes. Yeah, never happened. <laughs> I guess that's not technically a miss if the goalkeeper was off his line, right? No, so yeah, that's miss. what I'm saying. It it's basically erased from memory. Like even even yeah. when you look at the highlights. They just show and the show like when he scored. They don't they, they don't even show um, the first attempt. So you know, <laughs> it never happened. <laughs> yeah, uh, but let's talk about Alex Teas. Um, I thought it was a great debut. Right, mm-hmm. he had some he had some great moments, uh, especially with his crossing. Mm-hmm. Um, everyone on Twitter very happy that the crosses from my left back is they're no longer hitting the first man, right? I think it was, I mean, it wasn't amazing or blew my mind, but it it was a solid debut, I'd say. Yeah, uh, the reaction on Twitter was very positive um, for Tejas, but uh, again, you know, it's one game. We got to take a step back and try to look at it as objectively objectively as possible. It's very, um, you know, it's a a good sign. That was a good shift. he didn't really get tested defensively, however, um, in my opinion. Um, so we don't really know how well he's going to do in that sense. 
Um, but yeah, uh, you know, people were really excited about his, his crossing. You know, he's kind of known for that. It's one of his specialties, um, especially from the corners. And, you know, I thought it was really funny because um, you could actually, every corner he took, I, I don't know if you noticed this, but you can actually hear him grunting when he hits it. Like, yeah. you hear him grunting when he, when he tries to whip the ball with as much power as he can. And I think that's why his crosses are, are so good, and his corners specifically, because he puts in so much whip on the ball that it makes it that much more dangerous and that much more hard to defend um, from, a def- from a defender's point of view and easier to attack from an attacker's point of view. So let's hope that this gives us another dimension uh, in the sense that when Cavani's playing as a target man, he can get on the end of those kind of crosses uh, because you know that's not necessarily something that Martial is known for. Uh, so yeah, that's, I mean, good start, solid debut, uh, excited to see more of him. Um, not at, not at five at the back, but, um, with, with four, I think. So yeah. Yeah. It's exciting because I could tell, you could feel the extra zest that he puts in. You could hear it. You could hear it. You can hear it. (laughs) And it's just not only open play that I'm very excited about. It's set pieces as well. There was that McTominay header. Right, mm-hmm. I think it deflected off Diallo. It, but it was in a dangerous area, right? If we have Harry or Pogba just marauding into the box with a decent cross like we saw yesterday, it, it's very exciting, right? And Cavani, there's a lot left to be desired in the next few months. Yeah, excited, and, excited to see Cavani play. <laughs> yeah, and I, I do think um, there's one thing we have to consider because... I did read from on a lot of articles that Alex Tejas may not be the best defensively, mm-hmm. right? And maybe he is more suited as a wing back um, to have Luke cover for him on the left side, right? Yeah. And who knows? If he were the sole left back, right, um, he might get burned against better teams. Yep. That, that's yep. totally, totally possible. Yeah, totally, totally possible. Like I said, he was not tested defensively this game um, because of the of the five back. I feel like he had he had lots of cover. But on the bright side, again, he looked he looked calm and composed when he did have the ball, and he had really good distribution, and he looked threatening going forward. So you know, in terms of what we know or what we expect him to deliver, he showed that in in the game. So that's already a positive. But yeah, like you know, when it comes to Premier League games, uh, we're not going to be playing five at the back for the most part. So um, it's going to be interesting to see him trying to trying to hold his own there at left back when Luke Shaw gets injured at some point, because that's most likely going to happen. Yeah, that's another topic we'll cover uh, later in the podcast about whether we will or if Ole will stick to this formation, right? Depending on what kind of match we're headed into, mm. right? But let's move on to the midfielders. Yeah, um, Fred and McTominay, they both started, or Fred, McTominay, and Bruno, uh, midfield three. Um, I, you know, I was impressed with Fred. Uh, we both were not. We were definitely not excited. For yeah, let's let's just say started. it's we're we're not Fred stands here no, on this podcast. No. I think that's no. fair to say. But I think Ole made the right call, and Fred rewarded Ole for sure. Because I think he did his job. And then we both know that he's not the guy to make the forward pass, the, the, the key pass, you know, to mm-hmm. 
um, to unlock defenses, right? But there were so many times in that match, Fred intercepted, he broke up play. He was in the right place at the right time. And that was so, so important. Yeah. And McTominay, just the physical presence. I, I love having Scott on the pitch. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Scott. I mean, like, listen, Chris, I, I, I agree with you on, on all those points. That's kind of how I felt uh, about the kind of shift that Fred and McTominay put in and kind of what they represent. I mean, McTominay gives us that kind of edge, that fight in the box, but he, you know, he also has lanky legs and he can kind of, he can kind of control the ball well, keep it well. And he has good distribution as well. So, but again, he's not the one to make those cutting cutting passes or make things happen in, in a sense. And neither is Fred. Um, Fred is more of a, uh, like I, like I used to say, uh, a kind of side to side kind of midfielder where, you know, he can be that guy to pass it side to side and he can do that fine. But in this game, he, you know, he did his job really well. He defended um, really well. And like you said, he disrupted a lots of plays and he was kind of a pest in there. Um, and he relieved a lot of pressure, you know, uh, when he did win the ball back and, beat one man and then, and then, and then find a pass forward, you know, that relieved a lot of pressure and sprung us on, on, on the counter here and there. Uh, but you're right, Chris, what he is missing in his locker is that kind of, um, you know, that, that pass forward, that, that break, that, a pass, a pass that breaks down defenders. Um, there's a couple times where he was, you know, he, where he won the ball back and he was running forward and then he had Rashford or Martial running and he couldn't necessarily find that pass. So that's something that he's missing, and that's frustrating sometimes. Um, but overall, Fred McTominay, great shift. Um, but it goes back to what, what Ole was doing, and that was just to play defensively with this formation, right? He put in two guys that were going to stay sit back, defend as much as they could, and that's what they did. Job well done. Yeah, credit to Ole for sticking to his guns. That was the right call. I, I mean, it would have been easy just to chuck in Pogba back in. Yeah, uh, but but again, it could have it could have went, you know, it could have went terribly. Um, you know, we could have conceded one or two at the beginning, and then we would have been in a lot of trouble. Um, so, in a sense, we have to kind of counter counter lucky stars that, and acknowledge that you know PSG were missing a lot of their key players. They weren't necessarily at full strength. Um, honestly, I I think I told you during the game, it kind of looked like there was it, it was Mbappe and Neymar versus Manchester United, you know. They, they were the only two real danger players. Um, you know, Di Maria was kind of quiet that game, you know, wasn't doing much. I think the only players that really gave us issues were Mbappe and Neymar. Um, and it's kind of a miracle that uh, they didn't, they, they didn't score on us. So, yeah. I, I mean, we can downplay it all we want, but on a, on any given day, a front three of, Neymar, Mbappe, and Di Maria is still a, a huge task. Right, right, absolutely. And there's there's no doubt about that. Um, but, you know, it, it, it was more in, I think it was more in the midfield and, um, you know, at their back four, there was lots of weaknesses, some inexperienced players. Um, I think, like, even Danilo in the midfield, in, in the midfield, that was his debut, I think. Like, he was, he was, he's on loan from... From uh, from Porto, so he's he's a new player. Um, you know, they, Idris Ege and God bless Ander Herrera, love that guy. But you know, that's not necessarily the the best midfield three I've ever seen in my life, right? Shout out, Ander. shout out, Ander, great legend. Um, but you know, awesome. I think, and and we felt it. 
when Pogba came on in the 60th minute, the game was there for the taking. Um, as soon as we switched our formation and we, we had an extra guy in the midfield, all of a sudden we, we were the more threatening team and we looked the more likely to score. Um, and so in a sense, the game plan worked out. You know, We sat back, absorbed the pressure, they didn't score, and then it was our time to uh, inflict our own pressure. Yeah, we'll come back to Pogba. Um, let me just round out the starting 11. So let's talk about Martial and Rashford. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, both with goals, technically. <laughs> uh, Marcus, right. I, I, overall, I think it was an all right performance if you consider everything, right? Like, had he not scored that insane, insane goal... In the eighty-seven minute, eighty-seven minute, I, I I think we would have we would have been criticized. Yeah, I mean, like Chris, like you saw, uh, I think we were both messaging each other fr- frantically when um, Rashford was through. Uh, I think it was just basically basically through on goal, um, and there was like a PSG defender running, but he was basically through on goal, and he decides to prematurely give a terrible pass to. To, to Martial, you know, that, that made no sense to me. I, I think that that was probably the worst play I've seen him do in a long time. Um, you know, I, I was puzzled by that, but, you know, thankful that he scored that amazing goal. Uh, great, great yeah. change of pace. Um, honestly caught Danilo kind of sleeping there. I don't think he expected Rashford to turn and shoot there as quick as he did, but great finish. I mean, unstoppable. I mean, you couldn't place it any more perfectly. Yeah. No, bottom left. I hey, listen, like Marcus, that chance early in the second half, he he had about twenty yards. It, it's it's almost as if like you pressed the wrong button. Exactly, that's exactly what it was. That's how I. That's how I didn't. I didn't understand what was going on there. Like like this guy pressed like this guy double tap square instead of like pressing X or something. Yeah. Shout out PS4 gang. That's exactly how it was. <laughs> uh, Martial, uh, unlucky on goal. I don't know what he was doing, to be honest. There was no one around him. There was there were no other PSG players around him. He could have just yeah, left that. I mean, you know, unlucky but also a mistake because he kind of just jumped and closed his eyes and <laughs> like he didn't even it went the Yeah, it, he didn't even look like where he was heading it and uh, it was a perfect header, you know. De Gea couldn't do anything about it. Uh great finish, but wrong uh wrong net. Yeah. Um yeah, and I think early on in the match, about the first 10, 15 minutes, I don't think it, it was kind of obvious with, you know, since we played a more defensive midfield in in, uh, in Fred and McTominay, I don't think the link up between the midfield and the and the forwards, there, it wasn't there. Yeah. Like, I think Marcia was a little bit isolated. But yeah, time. but again, I think that was just uh, the result of, of uh, of yeah, our yeah. formation and our non-existent midfield, I think, like I said, I think I think Ole with that was just ready to submit. I didn't actually, I I don't think he actually thought that we would be controlling the midfield with McTominay, Fred, and Bruno. You know, I, I like I don't think that was that was ever uh, that ever crossed his mind. Hey man, but God bless them. They our they put in a Portuguese magnifico yeah, yeah. past with Fred. <laughs> And the Terminator. Yeah, I mean, they, they 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 put in a good shift, but they knew what their job was and they executed it. Um, you know, it wasn't to control the midfield like Chabi and Iniesta and 
make those passes back and forth and then break the team down. It was to track Neymar and Mbappe as much as you can and get the ball out of their feet and foul them if they get by you. Like that was, that was it basically. Yeah. Oh, and, and we have to talk about De Gea. Oh, yeah, I shout mean, out. Dave great saves. performance. He had, yeah, I think two or three great saves. Yeah, great shift. Great shift in from, uh, from De Gea. And, you know, it's funny, uh, not, much, uh, not much commentary on De Gea, not much, uh, not much praise on De Gea when he, when he has a good game. Um, you could talk about Wan-Bissaka as well. We, we, we almost forgot. I, I think everyone played well. Like Juan Bissaka especially. Yeah, too. yeah. I mean, you know, and I think that was the sentiment at the end of, at, at the end of the game, right? Uh, if, if if you saw the post game interviews, it was, you know, they started talking about players, and but then Oli was like, oh, you know, I like everybody put, you know, did a shift, and e- even Rashford said it. Every single player out there tonight, uh, you could point to and say they had a fantastic performance. They did their job. But you're right. Highlighting Aaron Juan Bissaka is absolutely appropriate. He was a stud. Um, you know, honestly, I think it's a miracle the amount of times that he um, leaves his feet and, you know, does those kind of those spider tackles, you know, that he's known for and there's no penalties or whatsoever is, is a miracle. I think that, you know, going through that entire game without giving a penalty is, is an achievement in itself. Yeah, I, I listen, Aaron Wambasaka, he has proven himself time and time again that he can make the right mm-hmm. tackle without fouling. And I think it's just the God-given ability, just how good he is, mm-hmm. right? And he, I think he somehow exchanged that for uh, his crossing ability. But that's okay. That's okay. Yeah, that's, that's, okay. that's, why, that's why we got Tejas totally now. okay with that. I mean, I don't think, I think he's getting better at being the first man or crossing, yeah. right? It's not perfect, but I'd rather have a right back who can actually defend and shut down players like Neymar and Mbappe. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and like you said, he is improving. He has a long way to go in terms of going forward. But I think that we've seen some of those improvements um, this year, you know, uh, even, even with, with, with that goal we scored against Newcastle. Like, right, you know, that's something that he would never do previously or even with Crystal Palace. So, um, I think the managers told him, you know, you can beat players. Like he does have pace and he, you know, the way he goes about going on, on one-on-ones, it is a bit unconventional and sometimes it kind of works, you know, like he has a good change of pace and he knows how to kind of change his body to kind of lose, lose a defender. So, you know, I think there's potential there, but defensively one, one of the best in the league. Um, and I'm going to continue to re- reiterate that. Yeah. And, think about it like he actually came into the match with a lot of pressure um, with the off-field news right and imagine if he had a poor game right i think he would have been clowned yeah but like he would have been clowned by people on twitter and stuff like he like he can't care about all that you know that's garbage well i mean not just twitter right i think the media would have spun it in a way that oh wambasaka can't even get his off-field priorities straight and how can we expect him to, to play well, right? Or why did Ole play him? Yeah, I know. But, you know, it's just like, I mean, he's still young, right? Uh, I'm not sure how old, how old he is. But, you know, every, every player kind of goes through that. So, you know, I've, I wish the media... It, it seems like United a lot. Yeah, well, you know, being in, being in the spotlight yeah. more so than others. And, you know, everything you do is kind of blasted out there. 
uh, on the media. And, you know, these guys are young, they're rich, they're successful. So they're definitely making mistakes here and there, except for Marcus Rashford, you know, godchild, you know, nothing wrong with him. Knock on wood. <laughs> Marcus yeah. Rashford, MBE. Yeah. MBE. Doctor. Dr. Marcus Rashford, Marcus MBE. Rashford, yes. Let's talk about subs. Um, the most, the main one, obviously, is Paul. Mm-hmm. Changed the game. Uh, took off Alex Tez. I believe we went to a back Yeah, board. see, again, people say that Pogba changed the game. But yes, he did. But it was just the formation change as well. I mean, you know, having an extra guy in the midfield and that extra guy being Paul Pogba is obviously going to make a difference in the way we play and the possession we have. Like, that's a no-brainer, right? Right. And I guess the big debate is, right, had we put in Donny van de Beek instead of Pogba, would we have seen the same impact? Mm. Um, in terms of what? In terms of, like, possession, kind of dominating the game, you think, or chances created? Yeah, yeah. possession, positive play. Um, I think, I think possession, I think, I think less so. I think Pogba is a more, like Pogba, the way he plays, he kind of demands respect and a lot of players will drop off him, you know, because they know his ability. And so they'll give him more time and space. And so that gives us more time and space in the midfield and we can string more passes together. I think Donny van de Beek less so, but, um, I think what van de Beek brings is, is, is more of that. You know, like I said in the, in the last podcast, like the sort of dynamic um, kind of one, two, three passes, boom, and then you're and then you're in the opposition's, opposition's box, and as well as finding those those spaces as well to to connect more. So maybe more chances with Van de Beek because he's very attacking minded. But um, yeah, uh, I would have liked to see Van de Beek come on as well. To be honest with you. Um, that would have been nice to see. Again, he, you know, doesn't play until the 83rd minute. So, uh, you know, a bit concerning. And I'm going to keep my eye on on him and see if see if he plays or gets a run in in the next couple of games because we're going to need it with all the games we have. I mean, Chelsea on the weekend and then Leipzig again, Champions League after that. So, man, want to see him play. Yeah, we have Arsenal before. Leipzig, no, we don't. Because I, I think it's a two-week break uh, between – Champions League matches. I don't think we play Leipzig. Yeah, we do. We play. Do we? we play them the twenty eighth. Oh my god! It's already the twenty eighth next week. See, I don't even know. I I, I am losing track. Yeah, of time. we we play RB Leipzig the twenty eighth. Yeah. Um, and then and then our and then November fourth, which is the week after, we play Champions League again. Yeah, against the Turkish. Team? Yeah. I forgot. Uh, should I even try? Yeah. No. Not. no. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Listen, here, the thing with Pogba for me is just that I absolutely rate him as a player. Of course, you'd right? be mad not to. He, yeah, he, yeah, and I, I find I find it insane that people are so quick to dismiss him and they're ready for him to leave, right? But I, I, I really don't think there's. A player like Paul. There isn't. In our squad. There isn't. There isn't. There and really isn't. When you have a player like there that, isn't. hold on and to him with he's for dear life, you know, hold on to him as much as you can. Because um, a player like that doesn't come around all the time. And players like that don't want to come to our team right now at all. You know, so, man, honestly, the people that want him to leave, like, I get it. There's a sense of frustration that he hasn't been as dominant as we would like him to over the years. But 
I think that's not a reflection of him and more so just, you know, our teams being mediocre at best and he can't do much with that. So, you know, I mean, I, I, I hope to God that we store this magic in the bottle. We need to keep this momentum going. <laughs> it's, it's yeah, it's, uh, <laughs> yeah. Um, listen, it, it, it's, we need, I, I don't think we're a, a no, bad. We're not bad. Team. We're not. We're nowhere. Like, I think we're somehow, somehow simultaneously the worst squad in the world and the best squad in the world. Which leaves us, uh, if you average that out, that, that means we're a mid-table team. <laughs> I guess we are mediocre then. But I, yeah, I, I mediocre team. Out. No, but um, I don't know. I, I think, honestly, Chris, I think we have, honestly, we have the pieces there. Um. But, you know, it would be nice to have more depth again. And, again, we could go with the whole board issue and all that, not getting our transfers. But, you know, we do have good players. And, you know, they can play well. And if things start clicking, we, like, we can get better. Um, but we need to get better. Uh, again, a bit of that is the fact that, our, you know, we're not necessarily up to form with us having played Europa League and having played a little bit later we, we haven't caught up with a lot of the teams, but I think, you know, with these games coming in now, we're definitely getting a bit more up to, up to speed and up to form. So, you know, in the next coming weeks, we'll, we'll really see where we're at, you know. Obviously, we, we could easily lose our next two matches, two or three matches. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. And then, and then you're going to hear us talking about how, yeah. oh, woe is me. Ollie's going to get sacked. Pogba wants to leave, uh, you know, all, all the negatives. And, you know, that's what football is. It's the highs and the lows, especially with us right now, because uh, there's no consistency with, with us. <laughs> yeah, I mean, listen, we're only as good as Absolutely. our last match. Yep. I, I, I believe that. And, you know, that's the, kind of, that's the kind of business that that's the kind of business football is, right? And you're only as good as your last match. And, for managers as well, it's what can you do for me now, right? Uh, yeah, so exactly. yeah, I forget the past, forget what, whatever you've done. If you're not making me happy now, exactly, like get out of with, here. with every manager, right? I mean, you know, even with successful ones, um, and then later down the line, they don't do so great. Talking like looking at Arsene Wenger, you know, eventually he got the can after literally, you know, leading Arsenal to the highs, highs to the highs. So I don't know, man. I mean, for another 13, 14 years, I'd say that's pretty yeah, good. Yeah, yeah, But there you go, man. Like, there's, again, you know, when we get these wins like this, it's great. You know, winning, don't get me wrong, winning against PSG, Champions League group stage at Parc des Princes is a fantastic result. But we can't just think that we've solved everything and that going forward, you know, we're, we're going to be great and Axel Tunzebi is going to be our starting center back from now on and, and everything's going to be fine. You know, like we still have a lot, long ways to go. Yes. But this, you know, this is different though. Right. You know, this wasn't a smash and grab. True. Like we weren't lucky like last year where we, 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 we didn't rely yeah. on Buffon's. I think we deserved a win here. Honestly. Or, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. We, we actually went out there. And I think we were clearly the better side. There's no, I don't think we could. Yeah, like, that. like there were, there, there were spells in the game 
where we felt like we were the better team, um, which wasn't really the case uh, when we visited them last year. Um, and it was, you're right, a smash and grab with, you know, horrendous mistakes from Buffon and just, you know, pure luck with, with the penalty. So I think we definitely did deserve the win and we played like, like the game was there for the taking and we dominated it stretches of the game. Um, so yeah, definitely, uh, lots of positives to take from the game. Absolutely. Yeah. And like I said, last episode, we're a much better team. Them. And that was only last year. Crazy. Yeah. Uh, so there is like there is some 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 positive trending. Again, it's tough because you know after the after the Tottenham game, you're thinking, oh boy, this is going to be a long season. Um, and then we get a win at Newcastle. You know, granted at the 83rd minute, and then we get a win at PSG, and everything is everything is happy. You know, and I'm looking looking forward to the next game. And I guess we should touch on Chelsea a bit here soon, but. Um, it's, you know, yeah. it's, it's difficult. I, it's, you, we just got to keep level-headed and just keep trying to get better. That's our main thing here. Cause we have a long way to go. Yeah. You know what? Let's touch on Chelsea right now. So they drew against Sevilla. Yeah. I watched Absolutely. the highlights. I, I, I watched I the highlights watch and match. honestly, nothing happened that game. There was like zero chances. Yeah, it's one zero. Of matches. It's just one of those. Yeah. Yeah, and Chelsea also drew last weekend mm-hmm. against Southampton. And listen, I, I I feel pretty good because they're they're not convincing defensively yep. at Agreed. all. Right. Yeah, I mean that's their. Sorry, go ahead. Do you think? Yeah, sorry. Um, do you think we stick to the five-three-two? No, absolutely not. I listen, man. Five-three-two. I associate that formation with. Um, literally just submitting to the other team and yeah, and exactly smash and grab and hoping to break once or twice. Uh, I hope to, I hope to God that's not the case (laughs) because that would be a boring game to watch just as a fan. Right. And I think that we're better than that. Uh, I don't think we should give Chelsea that much respect uh, because like you said, I think that their defense is vulnerable and in the games you saw like that they tie or that they don't get the results, they're high scoring affairs right? Because they're a team that scores a lot of goals, but they concede a lot as well. And I think that if we play 5-3-2, I just don't think that we're going to give them as much troubles as we need to uh, in the back. So I think we I think we need to go with our regular formation and, you know, punish them when they make those mistakes. I think it really depends if Harry's fit for the weekend. But to play devil's advocate mm-hmm. for 5-3-2, it I think it might be the right match to play 5-3-2, given the firepower that Chelsea have with Ferner, Ziyech. Is Pulisic fit? Uh, I, I no think idea. so, yes. But they're not short on attacking options. But I do think like we're set up very nicely for counterattacking football. I think we're one of the best counterattacking mm. sides. Right. We could absolutely punish them because they'll be... Because if we're if we're this sound defensively with five at the back, right? Not only will that frustrate Chelsea's front three, front four, or whatever, right? We can absolutely punish them. You know, imagine you know Bruno starting the counterattack, and you have Marcus and Anthony finishing. 
it, it's I don't I don't think it's out of the question that we can play a five three two, and especially with how Fred and McTominay have played, right? I don't know, man. I I don't see it happening. I'm gonna be honest with you. I do not see that happening. Um, I, to be honest, like it's not like we created lots of chances playing five at the back against PSG. Like all, of, like most of our chances were, you know, like when Pogba came on and we had to change the formation, right? Like who's to say that we're gonna generate any chances against Chelsea? And if and if we give those players that kind of, you know, that kind of tam- time and space on the ball and you know, give them time to do whatever they want. It, we might not even get the chance to ever counter, right? Like it's, it's, it's difficult, man. I think that I would rather play this team straight up. I don't think that they're that great, uh, honestly. And e- even in the midfield, I don't think that their midfield is that fantastic. So I think, I think we can challenge the midfield too and maybe control the ball. So I think this transitions nicely into our predictions for the starting 11. And I guess the main, the main points with that are, does Harry start? And second, do we keep Fred and McTominay? In the no, I, I would hope not. <laughs> uh, especially if we're not going to be playing five at the back, I would not want to be playing uh, Fred and McTominay in the midfield. I, I'd start Bruno, I'd start Pogba. And you know what? I know he won't do it. I'd want Donny Van de Beek in there. Um, I think, but I think I think Matic might get a cheeky start. To be honest, uh, yeah, Maybe he was because honestly, when he I th- who was it that he came on? Did he come on against Newcastle? Anyways, there there was one game where he came yeah. on and he like he looked so slow compared to everybody else. It was kind of. It's kind of comical, but anyways, I think he might get a get a start because you know he has been rested, and we need to kind of rotate the squad a little bit, given that we were right back at the Champions League on Wednesday. Um, so I think we might see Matic start uh, with uh, with Pogba and Bruno, but I would love to see Van de Beek play. To be honest, I just, I just want to see what kind of dynamic he can give us going forward. Yeah, I I just. If I were Ole, it'd be so hard for me. Really, I would think he would. I think he would opt more for. Yeah. (sighs) Yeah, I don't know. I he might opt more for McTominay, though. Yeah, it's tough, but these are really good problems to have, right? And it's, I I think given Fred's and Scott's performances, it wouldn't surprise me if they started both of them though. We kept the same. I can understand one of them. But both, that's just... I would not be surprised. Like, because why, that's, why, so why that's so defensive. That's so that's so defensive, right? Like, good. they're like they're not going to create anything for us. Like, they're just going to, you know, hold the ball and side, pass side to side and kind of try to mark some players. Like, it's not like they're going to create chances for us, right? Like, a player like um, Van de Beek or, or Pogba, they're more likely to. So... Yeah. Do you think... Um... I, but I guess, like, we did bring up, though, that it's not like we weren't lacking any chances at all. I, yeah, but I don't, I, you know, there were few and far in between. And in a sense, we can count our lucky stars that PSG didn't create the best chances, right? I mean, they, they had that one really good chance in the first half. Um, I think it was, uh, it was, I think it was Mbappe that whipped in a ball to... Um, Kurzawa, yeah, and oh, that could have easily been a goal. I think we're really lucky there. 
and then things could have unfolded after that right so again man you know like these moments in football one moment can change the game and then we're talking about a completely different scenario so i don't know it's tough to say but granted you know all that to say i hope that we don't do fire at the back i think we're better than that to be honest and i don't think we should give chelsea that much respect um and uh and yeah i i wouldn't like to see fred and mctominay start again because i think that's more of a defensive mindset i think at least bring pogba on he should be up to up to fitness at this point so we'll see yeah i either five three two or or the four two three one. Maybe Cavani Achihi we'll like Cavani's gonna we'll be in, in contention for the lineup here. I, I don't think he'll start, but uh yeah, I think I think he'll we, sub. We might I think he'll sub an appearance for sure. Does Greenwood come back? I hear he's gonna <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. That's a weird one. He hasn't hasn't you know, hasn't said too much on that. So um we'll see. I don't know. I'd honestly wouldn't mind um well, because Martial can't play, right? So, yeah, he he yeah. should get right back into the squad. If not, we're gonna have to look at James or or Mata again on the wing or Facundo Pelestri, <laughs> the Uruguayan sensa- sensation. Basically, basically Messi. Yeah, I mean, it, it, this is interesting because another reason why we played five three two is probably because we don't have oh. wingers, enough wingers, right? But if we do bring back Greenwood in, so it would be Greenwood and Rash- Rashford on the wings. But I, yeah, I can't, I can't see Cavani. Too early, yeah. He, you know, he's too only had two, uh, two, yeah. two training sessions, and I'm not even sure they trained today. So I think he would maybe get... Yeah, I think we're going to play 5-3-2 the more I think about it. I don't know. We'll see, man. We'll happen. see. And then and then Mason comes in as a sub, and we'll switch our formation with Pogba. Keep with that same on. tactic of just submitting, taking all the pressure, hope they don't score, and then then we go. Because that's what it is. We like essentially don't do anything I mean, for the first sixty minutes, and hope that we're still in the game by the time we put in players to put ourselves in a position to win. Like that's that's essentially what it is. Because we got lucky getting yeah. that pen in PSG, like yeah. just out of nowhere. We just get a pen, and then we're up one nothing, and then PSG's kind of catch, you know, playing catch up. And we had a couple of chances, though. I think Marcio had that one chance, like on the left side of the penalty box, and he tried to curve it. He tried to bend it in, but he didn't, he didn't get enough uh, curl on that. And oh, also in beginning yeah. of the second half, right? Um, Rashford as well. Wait, few and far yeah. in between. Well, it really depends. But also, I mean, even though it's not a thing, right? Maybe we played five at the back because it was more of yeah. a, like an away game, right? But here we're expected, even though there's no, there are no fans, right? Maybe we should be expected to be to take initiative. I mean, yeah, I, I, and be more know, as a fan, I just hope that that's the case. To be honest, like I just want to watch some football. You know, I don't want to see us submitting. Like I, I, I can understand PSG because it's Neymar and Mbappe coming at you, but. You know, against Chelsea, I think that's we can handle that more. Uh, so, again, you know, we'll see. I'm excited to watch, to be honest, though. Feeling good for once. <laughs> Feeling great, for sure. Okay, well, next time, on the next episode, we'll be covering Chelsea's, the Chelsea match. 
hopefully we'll continue this form. And yeah, I, I, it's so up in the air uh, with, with Chelsea. Yeah, I have no idea. Uh, like you said, hope, hopefully we continue this warm and fuzzy feeling. Hopefully we continue to win because, again, you know, uh, we're, what, 14th in the league right now? Two, two wins, two losses. So uh, I go with the game in hand, sure, yeah. But with the game in an, hand. Another loss wouldn't, game wouldn't be great for yeah. us. Yeah. All right, stay tuned, everyone, See you next time, guys. and we'll talk to you then.